TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Way back and gone! Touch them all! It's Touch Them All. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying Touch Them All. Well, it's it's snowing and it's cold and it's mostly terrible and there's going to be more snow on the way. And so if you're Derek Wetmore, you're happy because you're going to Fort Myers here shortly. It's baseball season. on all things Minnesota Twins baseball. that's baseball. what that means. Yeah. We got Rami Makhlov hanging out here as well. Hi, guys. And I was listening to you guys. By the way, welcome to Touch Em All. And welcome to the all-new Score North on 1500. And you can follow us. Yes, AM 1500, which then became 1500 ESPN, is now Score North on 1500. If you are just joining us and sort of confused, and you can follow us on all kinds of social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, all at Score North. Uh, but it's always this time of year where... Christmas is gone, the holidays are gone, whatever you celebrate, January hits, and now we're just left with this miserable period of snowy February, football season's over, it's the gap between football season and baseball season, and for us in Minnesota, it means trudging through snow, it means cold temperatures, and... uh, at least on the horizon, baseball well, is in front of us. And usually playoffs for the NHL team and the NBA team, right? That's what time of year this is. You're, what, for you're, the, you're for, gearing for, up. For, for these No, teams? a NHL team oh. and, and, and a NBA I'm team. Say, you've been in this town long enough. Not ours. You gear up for basketball playoffs. I thought he was just rubbing salt in the wounds. <laughs> no, I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> I was no, going to say, that, that salt be would be better used on the roads <laughs> than I in our wounds. So. Hey, I, I, speaking of the whole like optimistic, this time of year is when baseball fans are just I would say almost insufferable, except I enjoy it. But if you're someone who tries to like look down right down the middle, you hear baseball fans every spring think, boy, 25 yeah. of these teams are going to win the World Series. Right. And by July, that optimism has faded for a lot of clubs. But Matthew Collar, our, our buddy, threw out a poll uh, yesterday, I think, for his show. He says, which team's immediate future is most interesting or exciting to you right now? Because he wanted to set up this talker of, this all sucks. Like the wild are boring. The wolves are crashing and Robert Covington's hurt and blah, blah, blah. The twins won't sign Bryce Harper or Manny Machado on and on and on. And the Vikings are just sort of stuck in Vikings territory. Uh, Maya Moore is not going to play. It was just a long list. He was setting up a segment, but I found the poll results interesting, gentlemen. Almost 3,000 people voted on this because Matthew Collar is a very popular guy. 53% of poll respondents said they are most excited about the Twins when given the choice. Twins, Wolves, Wild. Really? So, so in the winter right now... That's when we're a runaway. That's a right? landslide. We're all crapping on the Twins for they didn't do enough. They didn't get Kimbrel. They're not going to be able to compete with the Indians in the Central. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. At least among Collar's followers on Twitter.com, more than half of the respondents are most excited about twin season right now. Well, that's that's a good segue into something I was going to bring up with you guys uh, anyways here in terms of twin season on the horizon. And it, the, I think the best way to combat weather misery and local sports misery is to force optimism, force some positivity. Optimism okay? reigns, man. Yes. Hashtag optimism reigns, well, which I see you just tweeted yeah. as a tease for the show. Yes. So let's go around the room here. Manny Hill is with us as well. What are one or two things you're most optimistic about this Minnesota Twins team as we sit here a week before pitchers and catchers report? So, sir, I know I know that it's not all optimism because Byron Buxton hasn't done anything yet in his career, and Miguel Sano is just trying to stay under 300 pounds. And but let's let's have a positivity segment here 
What is the thing or one or two things you're most optimistic about looking at the 2019 Twins? Start with Rami. For me, it's Byron Buxton. And we talked a little bit about mm-hmm. this, Derek and I, on the Touch em All podcast, which went up yesterday at scorenorth.com, which may be where you're listening to this fine program right now. I really, I have, and it's part of it is just the fan in me because I was, I was a fan of Byron Buxton before I ever even got to Minneapolis and got this job. I'm just really, I'm, I'm, I'm taken with the physical tools and talents that the guy has. I feel like there's only a few players in Major League Baseball who have all the athletic tools that Byron Buxton has at his disposal. It's just a matter of tapping into those and, and finding the right, the, the right way to get everything out of him. So part of it is the fan in me. Part of it is that I just think it's inevitable with a guy who's that talented for him to bust out. And some of it is just a gut instinct. I got a really good feeling about a bounce back year from Byron Buxton this year to the point where, and this was my first prediction on write that down on Mackie and Judd with Rami, which is that Byron Buxton will be an all-star in 2019. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Rami hit me with the spicy takes yesterday. I I, I hadn't heard his (laughs) swing for the fences, write that down takes. That that was pretty good. Also, Gary Kubiak will be the coach of the Vikings before 2019. Yeah, And not only will Derrick Rose not be traded at this deadline, but he's re-signing in Minnesota next year. You got to come out swinging. You can't just, you can't lay bunts down. I I like it. As I told Rami, Phil, you've made fun of me for this for years, and it's fair. I am the guy who comes on, cracks open the mic, and says, okay, Wetmore, what's your win total? And I say, all right, so they made some additions. They had a bad year, but some positive regression coming. I think that this year the Twins will win somewhere between 59 and 119 games. And you're like, okay, all right, well, why did you even Way waste to go time online. saying that? Thank you. So, yeah, I'm not swing for the fences guy. But if you're asking me to 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 have one sort of optimistic bent for 2019 amid what you could look at as a sort of a disappointing off season. I think it's that the twins have two smart people heading this thing and their baseball ops department is in really good shape. Now that's not satisfying to hear as a fan. I'm not trying to say, Hey, forgive all their transgressions this winter because they're sharp guys. But I think if you're a twins fan and you're wanting this thing to turn around in short order, I just feel like the twins pick, two guys or or one guy and he picked the other guy in Derek Falvey and Thad Levine that are the ones to get it done if it's going to be done. That's that's about as optimistic of a take as you could possibly have about a, a brand new front office that hasn't really done a whole lot on, on the surface. You haven't seen a lot of acquisitions. All right, we're, we're uh, in the middle of a an optimism rain segment here. Manny Hill, what are you most optimistic about looking at the 2019 Twins? Two things. Uh, one, I think... I, I am really excited and, you know, uh, to get a look at Jose Barrios this year. I think this is going to be a year where he can, I mean, he, he had a pretty good year last year. He kind of finished the season up and down in 2018, but overall that was a pretty solid season for him. And I think this is going to be a year now where he, you know, his third year now as a full-time starter in, in the rotation, I think this is a year where he can take a big jump and be a, a bona fide front of uh, front of the rotation hmm. guy, and also the other thing is I'm I'm excited about Rocco Baldelli. I think just having a a, a fresh face from you know outside of the organization that's going to bring in some some ideas from Tampa Bay that we've seen uh, seen the the Rays have success with, even though you know they they face payroll challenges down there. 
Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what sort of ideas that, that he can bring to the table. So those two things I'm pretty optimistic about. My number one is your number one. I'm most optimistic about Jose Barrios. Yeah. In fact, if you look at his just his six months as a, as a starter last year, he had five starts in which he went seven innings or more and allowed zero earned runs, which is incredible. I mean, that's you, you don't see guys going as deep into games anymore. You don't see complete games anymore. He did have one complete game shutout on April 1st mm-hmm. at Baltimore. Um, I think his durability, his mix of pitches... I think the fact that he is obsessed with being a great pitcher, yeah, all these things are going to start to come to fruition if he stays healthy. And it's 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 not very often where a guy comes in and he just has it figured out in his first two years as a starter. He weathered some of the storms. He still posted ERAs below four in the last couple of years, and I think he's ready for a jump. I don't think he's just an all star level pitcher. I think he is. I think he has the potential to be one of the ten best starting mm-hmm. pitchers in all of baseball, maybe starting this season. I saw a. It was a listicle that was listing dark horse candidates. American League, National League, Cy Young. Maybe this was on Instagram or something. I can't remember where I saw this. But one of the publications was saying, here's a bunch of guys who don't really get talked about. Here are the parameters. And it was, you couldn't have had you couldn't have had a previous all-star campaign maybe. Or you couldn't be paying paid $10 million or more or whatever it was. The long way of saying that Boreos was on that list. He's one of those sort of unsung stars, a guy, guy who's already a star pitcher, and you maybe don't hear about him a lot nationally. I think Cy Young's going pretty far, if I'm being honest about it, but I don't think it's absurd to think that he'll have his best season to date in 2019. Last year, I felt like he ran into a little bit of a wall fatigue-wise, and Rami and I have talked about this a little bit, that he's a guy who starts throwing his bullpens for spring training on Thanksgiving Day. Like, I'm I'm joking, but not by I'm not exaggerating by that much. He was a guy who most guys come to camp, they've thrown two bullpens just to make sure their arm won't fall off. He'd come to camp with like 14 under his belt and he'd been he just ran like a half marathon the day before and he's like, "All right, I'm ready to report. Pitches and catchers, let's go." This year, I think he pushed that back a little bit because uh, he's documenting his workouts on Instagram and everything like that. I think that strategic delaying, if that's indeed what he did, probably serves him well. You don't have to be ready for February 15th. You have to be ready for March 28th or whenever it is that he takes the ball on opening day. And I, yeah, I, I just think that as maturity and the wisdom, the you know knowledge from getting through the big league season, and then just the physical talent that he's always had, I think when those two things start to marry up here in his young to mid twenties, he's he's a breakout candidate for sure. Yeah, he's he's also. I mean, I, I know Rami is uh, is new to immersing himself in the Twin City sports market here, mm-hmm. but but like you even you've probably followed from afar. Johan Santana was really the last true ace caliber yeah. pitcher this yeah. franchise has had. Yeah, they have had a hell of a time building those guys from within. They've ne- certainly never signed one in free agency. Irvin Santana had an ace-like year, but he wasn't. He's not an ace-caliber pitcher across the board. He had he had his best season maybe in a Twins uniform. But Jose Barrios has a chance. I'm not putting him on the Johan Santana no. peak level, um, but I think he has a chance to be a guy that you feel like can go into a playoff game if he continues to progress. And you don't feel like you just have a mismatch out of the gate in a game one because that's that's where the Twins have been at. When they went to the playoffs in 2009, I want to say Scott Baker was their best starting pitcher, or maybe Carl Pavano, who they acquired from the Indians later that season. 2010, 
It might have been post-Tommy John surgery, Francisco Liriano. If not, it was Carl Pavano. And those guys are going up against playoff Andy Pettit and CC Sabathia, right? So I there's not that many times in the last 10 years where the Twins go into either a playoff game or series or just a series in general against some of the top teams in baseball and you stack their number one starter up against the Twins' number one starter, number two, number two, number three, number three, and you feel like, oh, this makes some sense. Sure. It, it makes a little more sense when it's Chris Sale against Barrios than when it's Chris Sale against Scott Diamond. Sure, some sure. Some of these guys sure. they've had at the top of the rotation the last yeah. six or seven or years. Or you pull a reliever to start game one at Yankee Stadium because, well, who else was going to pitch that game? Here you go, Brian Dunsing. Go get them. Yes. They are closer to that, Phil. I still don't think they have that with the elite teams in the American League. Um, but as we saw with the Brewers, Rami making their run to the NLCS, they didn't have a guy as you were like, oh, he's going to just go win you game one. And that's what I was just going to ask you guys. It, it never hurts to have that Johan Santana type, and every team yeah. wants one. Every team is constantly looking for one. But do you think that that's absolutely necessary that Boreos becomes that kind of pitcher for the Twins to get where we're all looking for them to get. I think one of two things has to happen. Either it's Boreos or you acquire somebody like that, um, or Greater All comes up at some point and he's just the ace of aces. Maybe more likely you bring in someone from outside the organization in a trade or whatever. You either have to have that game one, we win, ace, or... Because very few teams have that, by the way. Or you have to do what Milwaukee did so successfully last year and say, okay, we don't have that game one, just go pitch eight innings and win you the ball game. But we have Hater, We have Kniebel. We have this bullpen that's just going to mow Jeffers, you down. Yeah. They, they were ready with weapons out of the bullpen that they didn't necessarily need a five-inning start even. So, yeah, you still need a blend of that. You need a good pitcher. You need Wade Miley to get you some innings. But I think the Twins don't have either of those right now from the outside looking in. But they're closer to having it now than they were maybe a year ago at this time. Yeah. You either need that ace or two aces preferably, or you need a bullpen that's just ready to go win a series. So I, I, I think the answer is yes, you do need Jose Barrios to take that step. If if your plan is to at least make the one-game American League wildcard game, I don't see how you get there without Barrios being a horse for 32 starts, without Buxton and Miguel Sano figuring things out, um, unless there's just a lot of other unforeseen, like Derek said, unless Trevor May becomes your Josh hater. Sure. Or, and, Possible. And, and that's the thing. Like, there's When I hear people... Because, Derek, you used the phrase disappointing offseason earlier here about 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I should have said, like, underwhelming. But you get my point. I And I don't view it that way. I know that I'm in the minority and people want the Twins to spend more money. And I would have spent more money. I would have. And I know they have an offer out for Craig Kimbrell right now, if reports are true, that they might have offered $45 million over three years. So they're definitely trying to spend more money. But some of the things we don't account for are... Guys like Trevor May, who has major upside as a 7th or 8th inning reliever, maybe even a closer at some point, him being unlocked for 70 innings this year. Mm-hmm. We don't really account for... We, we mostly laugh at the notion of Byron Buxton figuring it out. Oh, he's a bust. Okay, well, that's like the obvious joke to make because the Twins have had some issues with Carlos Gomez and Aaron Hicks, but you also saw those guys blossom in their mid-20s with other teams mm-hmm. because the Twins were forced to or chose to cut bait on those guys. So I, I think we're to the point now where the Twins just get mocked for things, and some are warranted and some are unfair. They get mocked for things, but the reality is 
there are a lot of really interesting pieces internally here, whether they add something in free agency or not between now and the start of the season. I gave Rami, speaking of optimism reigns, yesterday we were talking about early All-Stars because it's fun to talk about in January, February, and David Schoenfeld from ESPN, I think the Sweet Spot blog, had written... What was the piece? It was just like way too early All Stars. Yeah, it was way too early All Star predictions for 2019. Twins wise, he had Braos on that list and no one else. That was it. And I said, it might be a little light if the Twins get going here. We got a little carried away, I'll concede, but I gave nine names. I was going to say, I think we had at least eight guys. It it was nine if you include your dude, Williams Astadio, who was. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only half joking. I mean, if he hits, you know, 340 with a. 350 on base and a little pop. That's an all-star. If he never strikes out like he did in the Venezuelan League, then we might have something special here. So uh, short of Williams Estadio, I had eight guys who I don't think you can can laugh off and say zero chance this guy's ever an all-star. And they're they're on the team right now. That's if they don't pull the trigger on a a Craig Kimbrell or a Dallas Keuchel or a Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. I think that the Twins could have guys not, will all of them pan out and go to the all-star game? No. No way. That's not how baseball works. But could two of these guys from this list, I'll just give you the list quick, Phil, because we had uh, Miguel Sano. Tell me, stop me, by the way. If, if I don't a, think there's an all-star. If there's you. a name, no, if there's a name where you're like, that eh, that ain't happening, you're getting a little out over your so The parameters are, could be an all-star at some point or this no, no, season. This, this, season. this season. This, this July season. in yep. Cleveland will be representing the American League. And it's... Could. Uh, yeah. And it's not like a 1% chance, like a fighter's chance to be in the American League all-star team. Okay. Miguel Sano. He could, Yes. Byron Buxton. He could, yes. Jonathan Scope. He could, yes. Uh, Jose Barrios. Likely will, yes. Okay. Uh, then I went to Trevor May. That's a bit of a stretch, but... Is it? Could. What if he's just like their weapon, their ace out of the bullpen? He's the biggest he's stretch like of the guy. ones that you... I wouldn't sure. shock me. He's the biggest sure. stretch of the ones that you've listed. Sure. That's fair. Uh, he hasn't done, I mean, he hasn't done anything yet. He's Eddie he's, Rosario. Yes. He was he was knocking on that door last year, so it wouldn't be a stretch to see him go. Taylor Rogers, bit of a stretch. One of the best relievers in baseball in the second half last year. Nobody talks about him. Well, the, but but the fact that nobody talks I about know. him means he's probably not going to the All Star. Well, game. Yeah, the, the joke around <laughs> the game is white middle reliever. Like he's not a closer. He's just sort of the, a guy. I guess the segment is optimism reigns. So right. yes, we can put Taylor Rogers on the potential All Star list. I'm just Taylor Rogers. I'll give you credit. People stopped paying attention to the Twins halfway through the season last year, and Taylor Rogers was really, really good when people stopped paying attention. Lights out. He was lights out. But he's not, he's not even a Twins fan household name. I know, exactly. If you surveyed Twins fans, who is Taylor Rogers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for him. What percentage of them would be able to say, oh, isn't that that, was he in the minors? Like, is that the guy from Home Improvement? For him, him, Taylor. For him to get on, he would have to blow the doors off yeah, yeah. the baseball world right. and, and the Twins would have to be in the race right out of the gates. And I'm not saying this is a comparison. This is not a fair name to put him in the category of, but like baseball at large didn't know Josh Hader. Right. We didn't know Wade Davis other than that guy who couldn't keep his ERA under six in the Royals starting rotation. Mm-hmm. Like, these things happen. I'm like, I'm not saying he's Royals World Series. Wade Davis. I'm not saying he's NLCS dynamite Josh Hader. I'm just saying relievers get overlooked until they're stars. That's how it happens. And the uh, final name on the list is the one that I knew Phil was going to shoot me down for. So I let I saved him for last. Kyle Gibson. Um, Ten good starts. Not, That's all it takes. It's not. I, I'm. I would expect Kyle Gibson to come back to earth before I would expect him to be an all star. Sure. That's fair. 
That's I, I almost feel like there's other names on that list that names that aren't on that list. Yeah, that that, that, that could be would. accounted for. Like I you'd mean, say Fernando Romero. I think we'll see what his role in the bullpen ends up being, but he is a talent-wise capable of being an all-star. How far do I want to push the optimism That's range right. nature this, of this segment? Well, because we have I, one segment. You better squeeze this right dry. <laughs> because I, I because if you would have asked me before last season to make this same list, I would have told you Max Kepler. Sure. See, yeah. I was gonna I was gonna ask what about Max Kepler? Because he's got that type of profile, sure. but he hasn't lived up to it yet, and now he's become kind of a punchline to oh, he only hits two hundred. I'm on the record as having said this is a couple years ago. Max Kepler will go to multiple All Star games. And I'm not feeling great about that take right now. It's one of those, you guys have write that down predictions. Yeah. yeah Phil and, and Judd have them from stretching years back. Judd's are oddly specific and sometimes come true. But like, Rami, you're going to have some of those on the books for a while. And I I don't know. You just have these takes that are sort of floating out that there. Means I can't be wrong for a while. You're, you're, you're yeah. open to changing your mind. That's fine. That's how sports and opinions and debate works. But... There are some out there that you don't feel great about, and I'd say my Max Kepler take, Manny, is one that's not, I don't feel super great about it given his first, what, three years in the big leagues. I I don't know that I see multiple all-star games. But if the, in the Optimism Reign segment, Max Kepler absolutely could mash 15 early home runs. He's not getting voted in, but he's like an injury replacement to the all-star game. Sure, I'll give you that. If if CJ Crone has a bunch of home <laughs> oh, runs, we're stretching yes. this now, man. Going into late, late June, Manny. Tyler Austin <laughs> has got some pop that you wouldn't believe. Listen, Jason Castro. Okay, hear me out on this. <laughs> Mitch Garver is, it, is Mitch framing Garver pitches the in the All Star game. See, I was going to say with Castro, is there like some sort of metric for framing pitches that he would lead the American League in that would get him on? Well, the, the tough thing team. there is because like Astadio is going to go, and you can't have two catchers from the same team, right? That'd be a bad luck. <laughs> if you could add one thing to the baseball All Star game weekend, wouldn't it be some sort of some sort of skills competition that involved pitch framing accurately? Can you trick Joe West? <laughs> <laughs> Three quarters of the league becomes a first time All Star. Congratulations! It is hilarious. The pitch framing had just like pitch framing was the market inefficiency for one off season. Like, oh, let's give Jason Castro and then Joe West million dollars over three years. Joe West read an article about it and was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll try to try to curb that. In, in steps Jason Castro for the CB Buckner challenge here at All Star <laughs> Weekend. Nice. Yeah. Really Sandra Bullock in a blindfold, but <laughs> all right, Rami. Uh, you go take off and refresh yourself for Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Can't there. wait. Right. Can't wait. Right. Just a couple hours. Um, so we will come back here and continue. And we can even take, if you have thoughts on the Twins offseason to this point, we can take your phone calls live here on Touch Em All, or we can take your tweets at Score North, at S-K-O-R North, or at Derek Wetmore, at Phil Mackey, at Manny Hill 84. And the phone number is 651-646-8255. It is Touch Em All live from the Score North Studios. It's Phil Mackey here from the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. We've made it easier than ever to find our team-centric Minnesota sports podcast. Wherever you subscribe to podcasts, just search Score North, that's S-K-O-R, and you'll find Score North Vikings, for instance, which includes Purple Daily, Purple Podcast, and Vikings Ventline. Score North Wolves includes Raised by Wolves, Myron Medcalf on Hoops, and more. Score North Twins includes Touch Em All, Royce on Baseball, and more, and so on. Just search Score North, S-K-O-R. KOR wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can tell everyone that we met online. Scorenorth.com. Welcome back to Touch Em All. You can find Touch Em All live on Score North on 1500 a couple days a week. Ordinarily scheduled for Monday at 1 o'clock and Wednesday at 1 o'clock, but 
we're flexible around here. If things like the Super Bowl happen on a Sunday, then we go we go all out with Purple Daily for a couple hours. But Derek Wetmore, Phil Mackey, I think I forgot to introduce all of us at the start of the show. So if you're wondering, man, I've been listening for a half hour. Who the hell are these idiots who are so optimistic about the Twins? That would be Phil Mackey, Derek Wetmore, Manny Hill, and uh, Rami Maklov, who uh, you'll find on this show on a regular basis. And interactive when we're live, too. We are constantly scrolling through the at Score North Twitter account. That's S-K-O-R North. And our Twitter accounts here of us on the show, Derek Wetmore, Phil Mackey, and Manny Hill 84 if you want to uh, look us up. And the phone lines are 651-646-8255. So you found a list. Is this from The Athletic? I've got Jeff Passan's story from ESPN.com pulled up right now. Proposed MLB rule changes for this upcoming season or for future seasons? Things they're kicking around uh, between MLB and the union. Uh, I think this is for this year. Let me read. I should have checked that out. You know, they've got the collective bargaining agreement that is coming up, but they can tweak things within. It's not, it doesn't have to be. Like the pitch clock, a lot of people think the pitch clock is coming. And that'll happen this year. They've been tinkering with the pitch clock in the minor leagues and in spring training, but it's very loosely enforced during spring training. Yep. Right? And from what I've heard, veterans who are used to no pitch clock go down to the minors and are like, this is weird. This is discombobulating. The overwhelming feeling, what I've heard anyways, from players who played with it all season in the minors is like you notice it maybe the game one game two and they're like okay yeah no let's go just get back in the box you're thinking it anyways right yeah. you're thinking get back in the box even if it's your teammate but now it's yeah i think i think that'll come i don't think that's too far of a stretch so let's go through some of these proposed rule changes and we can uh we can kind of react yeah. to some of them there are some others i just some of these can't happen but it's fun to talk about and kick around a uh, three batter minimum for pitchers which the the idea behind it, I'm guessing, eliminate some of these late game Terry Francona cough cough pitching changes where Dusty you're like Baker, yeah cough, Dusty, cough. where you're <laughs> exactly, just man. dragging out this game and you're like oh come on this I love baseball and sometimes October baseball is boring if they're going one batter here one batter here lefty specialist righty specialist get on through the sixth through ninth innings that way. The game stretches four and a half hours, so a three-batter minimum would help to combat that. What say you, Phil Mackey? So I love it on the surface, but I feel like it opens up a huge can of worms in that, okay, teams are going to find ways to skirt it. They're gonna, they're still going to want to go lefty-righty-lefty, and they're going to find ways to send a guy out. And this, is, this could go one of two ways. You send a guy out, and you tell him, listen, we want you to face your lefty. We want you to face the first batter, but the next two righties, we don't want you to face, so you have to come up with an injury after yep. the first batter. How's your how's your shoulder feeling? Oh, man, like pulled an oblique, something. How do you police that? How do you punish it? If a guy comes out after one batter, does he go on the disabled list? That's something I've heard talked about, just sort of behind the scenes. Not with like a commission committee or anything like that. Not, not the competition committee who's going to maybe decide these things. Or necessarily like the union. I don't even know that they're talking about this. That is a concern that gets brought up. And what people usually say is if you're hurt enough to have to come out of the game, you got to spend a week on the shelf. And that makes some sense. But then on the other side, okay, what if a pitcher, what if a pitcher feels something, but knows that, oh man, if I come out of the game, I have to be out for a week. So I'm going to try and pitch through this. I just feel like there's a lot of really interesting gray areas there for potential injuries. What do you think, Manny? Could you do that? Could you enforce that rule but make it like three days or two shorter, days? Shorter DL stint. A shorter DL Basically stint. Basically like you're, you're 
Yeah, you're up to dry. You count against? Do you count against the 25 man roster then at that point too? And that's you're right. flying players in. Then you're, yeah, that's, pl- you've yeah. already seen this. This has happened with the Twins. It didn't happen a whole lot under Terry Ryan. And as much respect as I have for Terry Ryan, I criticized him for this. Derek Falvey is ruthless when it comes to you're up. You're in the big leagues. Okay, we don't need you anymore. We need a fresh arm. You're out. You're either DFA'd. You're optioned if you have an option. Great. Uh, or if you're hurt, you're hurt, and you got to go on the DL. But we need somebody new in here. Falvey is ruthless with that, and and he's smart to do it. It's within the rules. Yeah, uh, Taylor, your arm hurts. No, I feel fine, Derek. No, your I'm, arm hurts. I'm not look asking. At me, look you. at me in my eyes. Your arm <laughs> yeah, hurts. Yeah, I'm not asking if your arm hurts. I, so I, look, I'm not saying they fake injuries, but I, I, they are ruthless with. Oh, hey, this guy pitched well for two weeks in the minors. Cool, we'll use him today. Oh, he threw 40 pitches in a blowout last night, and we can't use him for three more days? And he doesn't have any options left? DFA, yeah. you're and, gone. And that's the way that you you have to be ruthless about that's it. That's right. I'm not criticizing the Twins. I'm saying that's how baseball is. So my point of that is to say that all teams are thinking about that now and, and doing that, manipulating that rule as best they can. They hate the term manipulating rosters, but it's what they're doing, so I'm just going to call a spoke a spoke. Manipulating rosters would take an even further step if you had to spend, let's say, to Manny's suggestion, three days on the shelf for coming out with an injury. Or then, Phil, to your point, are you going to push through this and then maybe hurt something that ends up costing you long term? There's got to be some parameters put in if they're going to do a rule like this. Maybe there's just a better way to fix that, like late games pitching switches. Yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, if you never made any pitching changes, the games would feel snappier, right? The pay, the so some of it is people mistake length of game with pace of play. Length of game, I don't really care about. If I'll, right. I'll watch an SEC football game that takes four hours and it's back and forth and it's thirty-one thirty and it's Ole Miss and I've got whatever. one for you. It's going to hurt commercialism. Which down with commercialism in Major League Baseball. If they can't sell commercials between the pitching breaks, they're going to scoff at this. But I'm saying on behalf of the players and fans, which are the two groups you need to be concerned about right now, this would work. You want to go pitching change, Tito, in the seventh inning to go face that lefty? Fine. Your lefty better be ready. He Bring doesn't him get in. any warm-up pitches. Bring him in. Get If it's a bullpen cart because he's out in center field, fine. Get him on the mound. No commercial break. Pat your old guy on the butt. Take the ball. Give it to the next guy. Let's go. Get in the box. It drives me insane watching these games. And you know Gabriel Moya is coming in to face one hitter. And Gabriel Moya gets to throw 69 warm-up pitches before the <laughs> inning starts. And I'm like, what are we doing? So yeah. we could sell three ads there in that commercial break? That will not fly yeah. forever in October baseball. And I think that would get around it. As many as you want. One better time, it's fine. He's just got to be ready to go. Yeah, I mean, there's like legitimately 25 commercial breaks. in it's a, Not even counting pre- and post-game for... <laughs> baseball broadcast and to your point phil like i don't i've never really complained about game if a game is four and a half hours long and it went 14 innings eh. i'm okay with that yeah. as long as it's moving along i'll watch a playoff game for four and a half hours yeah. if it goes if it goes long but if it's moving along at a good pace and i'm not just sitting here saying right come on let's go well, get in the batter's box baseball come on. they make this dire mistake i think i mean the executives who sit in boardrooms and try to decide well that's just non-baseball that's just casual baseball fans real baseball fans will sit through this no bs i don't want to sit through a commercial break to go see andrew miller face the best hitter in the dodgers order yeah i'm there for that plate appearance but let's go. Let's go. I don't need to see an ad for Cialis in the middle of it. Like, I'm cool with just getting back to the baseball game and not breaking it up with commercial interruption. The Probably the peak of my frustration was in the, the 2017 World Series 
when Brian McCann was catching for the Astros and literally every other pitch he was going he was making a mound <laughs> yeah, visit. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, like dude, and, and, and come the baseball's on. answer to that was also ridiculous. So baseball came it's back weak. and they said this is a problem and our, and we need to find a solution for this mound visit problem. But they didn't. They came back and still gave teams six each yeah, per game. Wait, so we still get 12 mound visits? In football, could you imagine <laughs> if 12 different times throughout the course of a game, oh, man, my offensive coordinator and quarterback aren't on the same page. So, like, I'm going to walk out. I'm going to stop the game and yeah. walk out there. Here's the problem. They're the co- timeouts, right? Yeah, exactly. That's basically what they are. Mound Slow visits are timeouts. Get yourself another bullet load it back up in the chamber if you're yep. a pitcher and you're a little gassed i need this 30 seconds great but it's not good for viewers the core of the problem in all this and we can move into some of these other ones this is just kind of a hot button issue for a lot of people i think the core of it is baseball sees a problem and incorrectly identifies the problem and then goes about solving that incorrectly identified problem oh the problem yeah. is too many catchers trip to the mouth no the problem at the root is I don't want this game to slow down in the peak moments. I want my sports viewing interest to sort of dovetail with the action on the, on the field. And the NBA totally gets that. They've got their media timeouts and it works just fine. College games, college basketball games slow down to a crawl at the end. They can be brutal and unwatchable. The problem isn't, oh, this is this fouling strategy. We just need to do something to curb the fouling. No, no, no. The problem is the length of, of broadcast at the end. And same problem for baseball. I'm just not 100% sure that the Sharps that run their, you know, entertainment committees or whatever, whoever sits in a boardroom in L.A. or New York and tries to figure this stuff out, I don't think they've figured out what it is that we're mad about as fans watching these games. Maybe they should do a focus group and, <laughs> and, and sit down with the 20 to 25-year-old that doesn't watch baseball right? and ask them what would get you to watch baseball. Maybe they've done some of that. Let's keep going with this list. Sure. When we come back here, just a short break on Touch Em All. Derek Wetmore, Phil Mackey, Manny Hills hanging out. And if you want to chime in, 651-646-8255. Uh, if you're listening on demand, you can always find us and hit us up at Score North on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and even Twitch. That's right. We are over 30 followers on I Twitch. Heard. We are, we're all over the place. Off to really. the races, Score baby. North. Yep. It's the TCL Broadcast Studios. So North. ScoreNorth.com. Welcome back. It's Phil Mackey. It's Derek Wetmore. It's Manny Hill. And it is Touch Em All live right now on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com where we're going through a list of proposed rule changes that are being discussed between the league and the Players Association. So we we, we were going to go through the list last segment. We spent the entire segment on one particular change, which would be pitchers, having to face at least three batters. But let's go through some of the other yeah. ones here and see what kind of things are being discussed between Major League Baseball and the players. Well, I want to know what Manny thinks about this one because I know Phil and I are both pro-designated hitter, uh, universal DH into the majors, so do away with pitchers hitting in key spots in National League parks. Yes. Please. I'm in. Are you in or <laughs> I'm in, out? I'm in. I, this is seriously, and, and I know this is not the answer you want. I'm so torn on this. 
Because wow, you I, and so Judd and Rami aren't even. I was going to say Judd and Rami heard, are just anti DH. I heard a rumor that Rami is anti DH guy. I know Judd's always been anti DH guy because he loves the nostalgia of it. But I'm oh the double switch. Yes, yeah, right. I, I love See, when the, the old manager walks out with his notepad. That's how you're going to get eighteen year olds into the ballpark. To, is the double switch? God. That's how we bring baseball back. I, I know, and and it's it's that's why I'm so torn on it because I do think the idea of pitchers hitting especially i mean there's so many pitchers in the american league that just you know they're going to step they're going to step into the plate take three pitches and go right back to the dugout but the part of me that wants to hold on to the national league rules is because i do like that late game strategy that comes into play like if you take a pitcher out if you want to make a pitching change in the the fifth inning and bring a reliever in you want to if you're the brewers and you want to bring in josh Hader in the fifth inning you really like that though like, is that I something when, when you're watching do. a baseball game, you're thinking, yeah, I oh, do. yes. Now, is he going to bunt or is he going to bunt? Here's, I the don't meta, know. here's the meta view of what that is, is like you get to complain about two different things when you go home, the players and their performance, but also the strategy. And I just think if you're looking at football, it's almost exclusively the strategy. Yeah. Sometimes refs and sometimes Tom Brady, but a lot of times you're talking about strategy. With the NBA, you're talking about the players, the well, execution of the players. Major League Baseball right now doesn't really have a whole lot of that. That's kind of one of the only things left. Okay, but the, okay, but no, the the strategy isn't. Oh, is the pitcher going to square up early or is he going to hide the bunt? <laughs> no, 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 the, the strategy is, is can this guy go up? Can we take this basically automatic out to get three more outs out of no, this guy's arm? The strategy is can this pitcher get David Ortiz out? That's sure. the, can this pitcher get Jim Tomey out? Or phrased differently, would you guys feel comfortable with Jim Tomey, David Ortiz, and Edgar Martinez, and I could list 10 other DH types, if their careers were over eight years before they really were? Do you want to watch David Ortiz hit bombs when he's 38 or 40 years old? Jim Tomey in 2010 hitting a ball off the top of the flagpole, or would you rather have... Yeah, Carl, Phil. P- Carl Pavano. <laughs> is he going to bunt down Phil. the third base? Yeah, hey, Bartolo Colon hit a home run a couple of years ago. That's right, oh, and it was epic, and everyone fantastic. loved it. Get out of here. Phil, you're, you're cherry-picking. I'm done. You're taking the world's greatest DHs of all time and saying better than okay. the average pitcher. Would, would, you rather, would you rather have... Let's use, let's use Twins examples, okay? Would you rather have Tyler Austin swinging for the fences... Or have Jose Barrios get up there and stand in the back corner of the batter's box, no, no, no. soiling Again, himself. You're cherry picking. Again, here. The I'm actual picking argument. literally every pitcher in baseball against every hitter in baseball then. The I'd rather argument see is not, would you rather see CJ Crone take a couple? Nelson Cruz might be a better example. Would you rather see Nelson Cruz take a couple of licks or Kyle Gibson? Obviously, the answer is Cruz. The question is not End do you like no the question is not do you like DHs the question is do you like universal DHs and you want no part of pitching in baseball See, and, and that's uh, the pitchers hitting in baseball that's yes, where that's, national leagues I'm with you but I'm just here in playing devil's favorite. advocate you don't get to make up an argument for the other <laughs> side that's not how this works Mr. Straw man and, and this is why I'm so torn on it because to Phil's point like seeing David Ortiz and Jim Tomey and even now Nelson Cruz yeah the DHs and go out and mash 35, 40 home runs in their late 30s and helping a team. I like that. I like to see that. But I also see Randy Johnson get an RBI double yeah, in the World Series sure. against the Yankees for the Diamondbacks. And that's it's fair. funny to me. And that's it's fair. And it's fantastic. Madison like Bumgarner. That's, that's sort of the... But that's, that's cherry I'm picking. So yeah. that's, <laughs> I know. I know. And when Bartolo Colon <laughs> hits a home run at 42 well. years old or whatever in the Mets... 
broadcasters are just celebrating like the Mets that's just won right. the World Series. Hey, but, Phil, but, takes one to no one. You just spotted a cherry picker from a mile away. Well, like final <laughs> final point on this because we want to get to the rest of the list yes. here, but but if I, I feel like we're talking out of both sides of our mouths if we yeah. say we want baseball to be more exciting and more engaging, but we also want pitchers to hit and (laughs) managers to walk out and take 45 minutes to explain the double switch and we're going to put... But what about that time when Mike Hampton hit like 10 home runs when he was playing (laughs) at Coors Field? Mike Hampton was a better hitter at Coors Field than he was pitcher. (laughs) Yeah, I just... It's more about the, hey, do I need three more outs out of this guy's arm in the eighth inning and is it worth it to me to watch him try to flail a wet newspaper up against Clayton Kershaw? See, that's the other thing too that, that bothers me about it's the it's the reverse effect too of like my biggest argument for putting a DH in the National League is I just want I want thirty more good hitters yeah, or fifty more good hitters. hitters. We put hitters in. I want to yeah. see hitters. Damn yep. it. Yep. But the other argument too is if a pitcher's got it rolling and it's the fifth or sixth inning, but it's a close game and that and that and the the manager knows that pitcher has Bumgarner. Well, Bumgarner's a good hitter. Um, Kyle you know, Gibson. Kyle Gibson has got zero chance <laughs> yeah. of getting a hit, but he's got it rolling. And that dude has to come out of the game in the sixth or seventh inning because, well, we got to get an extra at bat for someone who can actually swing. I hate as that. opposed to getting both. Yeah. I want both. Yeah. Leave the pitcher in and have someone hit for him. I hate that. I think we got to move off a of universal DH because we we we've spent so far two segments going through this and we've only gotten two proposed <laughs> rule changes and we haven't come the, close to common ground. There will be if you're interested. Uh, today's episode of Mackie and Judd with Rami. We haven't even finalized our show prep, but I saw in an email that Judd and Rami are both very much anti DH. Yes. Period. There will be a war on Mackie and Judd with Rami <laughs> today that you want to be a fight to. me segment. Manny, yes. you and I might have to stick around and just like fly on oh, the yeah. wall that show. <laughs> Uh, a couple of the other ones that I I don't know how realistic it is. This one, a single trade deadline, and it's before the All Star break. Basically, the Manny Machado rule. You don't want Ken Rosenthal to break on live TV that Manny's been traded, and he does that interview and says like, "Oh boy, what what are going to be your best memories in Baltimore?" While he's wearing an Orioles jersey on his chest. Oh, by the way, you've been traded to the Dodgers, and good luck at your World Series run. Like. I, I'm cool with this rule because it does avoid some of that awkwardness, and then it avoids the whole August waiver period of so-and-so was put on waivers. Do you think this means he's on the way out? So what's the specific rule? One trade deadline, and it happens before the All-Star break. I think that's okay. why the NBA went to this. Sure. Because when Boogie Cousins got traded the night he played in the All-Star game, he was... Still a member of the Sacramento Kings during yeah. the All-Star game, and then he gets traded to the Pelicans Yeah, that but Manny, night. nobody talks about the NBA trade deadline. There's no excitement <laughs> around free agency and trades in that yeah. league. But Why the, borrow from something that's not working? Haven't there been years, too, where a guy gets traded before the All-Star break and then doesn't play in the All-Star sure. game? because He was well, selected I mean, in the AL roster. Like, what do we do? Yeah, like, right. I don't know baseball. Figure it, <laughs> Figure it out and put Randy Johnson in the damn All-Star game yeah. or whatever example. That one, to me, it's a little interesting because it would also alter off-season planning. Like, I don't want to spend all day talking about this, but like, if you're the Twins in your current plan, let's just say, I'll give them their current plan. Not overspend, don't lose on any contracts, and then if you're interesting in July, add. Yeah. If that's their current plan... This would hamper that because you'd have to figure out earlier, are you a contender or are you sort of just hanging around that hope to be 500? I think that might help the whole tanking thing, too. If you're not going to try to win the World Series, you know right now you're a seller, so why are you hanging on to that guy till July 31st? Didn't that scenario actually happen in baseball a couple of years ago, though? Where they were, were traded and... They were traded and they ended up being on the... Like, they were traded from an AL to an NL team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were oh. an all-star... 
Oh, who was that man? I can't remember who. It was, it was a pitcher, I think. Did Scherzer the, ever get traded in the middle of the year? But no, I don't think it was like a big name player. It was just like okay. a guy who was an all star because his team was bad and he was like the lone representative. <laughs> but it was guy. like a pitcher. That's a list we have to do at some. I'll point have to on go back show. and find that. The yeah. worst, the worst all stars. Like yeah. when, when Mark Redman was awkwardly standing there during the lineup when they're going down. <laughs> And uh, and he's and got Albert an ERA of Pujols. five and a half, and he's yeah. on an All Star team. <laughs> and he has to tip his cap to the camera as they go by the Fox cameras. Just get yeah, this that's right. With. I have a nine ERA, but I'm the only Royal that has a pulse. So. I, I'm looking at the rest of this list, and some of them are interesting. Twenty second pitch clock. I think that's going to happen. I don't think we need to spend time debating that. Expansion of rosters to twenty six guys with a twelve man a twelve pitcher limit. That's kind of interesting to me because it helps you get around this whole taxi squad issue of. All right, you're in the big leagues. Oh, you threw 35 pitches last night and you're used up? Yeah. Uh, well, here's the flight schedule to Rochester, New York, and please take the earliest one possible. Yeah. I think that uh, playing around with rosters, and then for September, too, this isn't on Passon's list here that I'm reading from ESPN.com as uh, things being kicked around between the union and the league. But another thing is like September rosters are kind of ridiculous. And they they could just do something, maybe split a middle ground. You don't want to add a 27th salary? Tough. You're doing great in terms of revenue. Give some of it to the players and stop this whole shuttling pitchers up and down. Um, Some of that's just going to happen because optionable relievers are a valuable asset. But also, you could do away with some of it by just growing rosters and making that logistically easier. Have they, not to skip ahead, because I haven't seen that. I'm I'm reacting to this list as you throw it out to us and the audience, but... Have they discussed anything on this list about service time and free agency? No. I mean, we're well, sitting here, and it's February 6th. Pitchers and catchers report in a week, well, and Bryce Harper and Manny Machado are out there. Yeah, but, Phil, that's not going to come from a rule tweak. That's going to have to be an overhaul at the collective bargaining agreement level. They're going to have to. And the Players Union is going to have to really, you know, I, lawyer up is the wrong term, but they're going to have to cowboy up and get serious about what do you what do you want? Do you want? the current climate to continue to exist because it will if these are the rules if you're going to demand a bigger share of revenue and some of that tech money or any of that i mean this is potentially heading to some pretty ugly territory and that kind of scares me a little bit um one of the other like they have a study to lower the mound that's being kicked around everything for the hitters i get it uh, two sport amateurs to sign major league contracts. Oh, hmm, I wonder if that might come into play at any time soon. Yeah, call it the Kyler Murray rule. That's perfectly fine. I would, I would love to see him attempt to play both sports. It would be it, the last time really on on a top level was Deion Sanders. I think. Hmm. I don't think anyone has ever done it. I know that Drew Henson did both poorly, but not at the same time. Yeah, but we probably have to go back twenty plus years. The last time someone had a successful Winky that tried both, but it was like baseball after. Yeah, yeah, he was. In fact, Winky was was a minor league baseball player and then went back to Florida State when he was twenty six or something. I wonder if Joe Maurer's scholarship still good to Florida State would that still be honored? Uh, The the one that I think would be interesting here, and this is I, I could get behind this. I'd have to think about it more, but draft advantages for winning teams and penalties for losing teams. Where I'd like to steer clear of is the rich get richer scenario where if you're the Dodgers or the Mets or the Yankees or the, you know, even the Angels or the White Sox or the Cubs, you just get to buy everything. I would hate that. But I also don't like that if you're a mid-market team, you can justify to your fan base and to the league and to free agents and the union that, hey, well, it's not that we're not trying. It's just that 
We're trying for 2024, and this is the optimal strategy. We just have to lose a bunch of games along the way. Look, it worked for the Astros and Cubs. Baseball teams get to say that today because it worked. They paid it off with two World Series. I would like to start to see some incentive to get to, hey, if you don't win 70 games, you don't get a first-round pick or something dumb like that. Start to get, that's just off the top of my head, but like get aggressive penalizing teams who are just comfortable losing a hundred games three years in a row. We actually have that in my fantasy baseball dynasty league where you actually have to pay a fee if you finish in last place. Nice. There's a tanking fee in my fantasy league. If they're not going to do relegation, they should do something like that. (laughs) So I did some digging here, boys, and uh, the pitcher that I was talking about, ironically, it was in 2014 when the All-Star game was here. Sure. Jeff Samarja. Sure, I remember that. Was with the Cubs, and he got traded to the A's on July 5th. Okay. On July 6th, the next day, he was revealed to be an all-star, but he was not eligible to play because he went from a National League team to an American and so if he I just, remember he just correctly, didn't participate. So he went he to the game. He was an all-star. He was, I, and I think he might have been, been yeah, in yeah. one of the dugouts. I think he was he at just, Target Field. Yeah, but I, he was just not eligible. He was not allowed to I love play. A, I love a baseball's answer to that. Like, baseball has these, like Bud Selig one time said, uh, I, uh, it's a tie, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess Baseball's so. answer is, uh, I know he's like one, one of the best pitchers in the league right now, but he can't play because he's, he's in like, the other league. Like, Get different laundry, man. Uh, by the way, stat of the show for all of you wondering about payroll. If the season started today, the Twins would have a $98 million payroll, 22nd in baseball. If that rumored Craig Kimbrell contract was signed, they would jump up to 15th in payroll. That's not happening, but the Twins will sign an extension, I think, before the season starts with one of their ARB guys. So that payroll number will climb one way or another. All right, touch them all on demand.